This is Savannah and Allison with Gracefield Chatter, where we talk about honoring God with our life, love, work, and relationships. Join us every other week for a little bit of wisdom and a lot of laughter. How are you, friend? Hi. I'm good. How are Again. you? I'm good. Sure. What was the brightest part of your week? Um, I have two. Okay. And my brother got married. You're like finally. really prepared this week. Yeah, I got two. I was thinking on the way home, I'm like, okay, so I just got my heart. I'm like, what is my brightest part of the week? One, my brother got married, finally. Nice. And two, I am off. Just finished book two in the Mark of the Lion series, and I am obsessed. <laughs> And I'm on this book is the three. best. Yeah. It's, and I started book three. I'm like, this is not going to be as good as the last one. I just it's had to not. I'll be honest with you. I've never made it through three. I'm almost to the point. I'm like, I don't want to read this. I don't care about this person. I got a lot. I care about him. I'm like, okay, the only two people I cared about are happy and, and Your history. Your story's and, finished. And it's great. Okay. <laughs> book two is probably my favorite so far. Oh, I, I mean, I can't even tell you. So I've read that series the first two books mm-hmm. didn't finish the third one i've read the first two books four times really? and i ha- i know all of my favorite scenes so when i'm just having a bad day especially when i was single and i needed to pick me up i You're knew exactly to which page to go to to read oh. my favorite scene like the last three like pages I of, chat of book two <laughs> yes <laughs> that was so good but the book one can we just take a moment <laughs> for the ending of book one? Is that oh not the gosh. most heart-wrenching moment what of your life? This, what is this? Thank you, Francie, for putting the first chapter of the next book in here. Right. Oh my gosh, I'm like, ah! <laughs> oh. And then the whole second book, the whole first half, you're like, oh. Marcus, oh. your heart doesn't need to break. She's alive. <laughs> oh gosh, it's so good. It's Y'all so need to read good. that. Francine Rivers, y'all gotta read it. A Voice in the Wind is the first book. Yes. It is life changing. They're yes. novels. The Absolutely. Echo in the Darkness. Yes. I don't even know what the third one's called. I don't remember. No, can't tell you. I don't know. Can't tell you. And I like a treatise in the first two books. I do. And then you get to the third one, and I'm like, I don't like you to have to read a whole book about you. I know. I like read the first, and it's like, I still like the, the um, epilogue in the last book. I'm like, yeah, wait, what? I'm not gonna have these in the next book? Like, what is this? I know. Junk. <laughs> I know. Anyway, yeah, it'll be fun. I'll let the you know the big love stories in the first two books, and then the third book is just about a side character, and she like finishes his story. I've only made it halfway through. Ugh, I'll try to finish it. It just you. wasn't as riveting as the no the love story of the other two people. It's oh. so like it's just a life changing love story. Ugh. It'll kill you. Yeah. It'll wreck mm. you. It'll put you back together, and then mm. it'll tear you apart and put you back together. It's one of those. Books. Oh, so good. And it makes you love Jesus even more. It does. So good. Hadassah inspires me every time I read that. I know. I mean, this. I'm like, girl. I'm like, you're such an amazing person. Give me I want to be more like you. I want everybody to die if I was you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what's yours? I just wouldn't like joyfully be a servant and be treated that no. way. No. She's back so good at it. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Yeah, she's so Mm-mm. good at it. Anyway. All right. What's yours? Being back with my husband again. He, he was, was gone for a long time and now he's home and... Just last night, he was like, I love getting off work and knowing I'm coming home to you. And I was Aww. like, that's what I think about all day, too. <laughs> <laughs> and then when they're gone for 12 days and then they come back, you're like, it's just renewed. You're like, oh, yeah. yes, it is. Home oh, yeah. is so much better when you're here. It's true. <laughs> love it. It feels empty when you're not here. It is empty. Yeah. Like, it's not only you're coming home to a dark home, but it's just, it's missing something. Yeah, you're like... It's like something's off. My life is blah. Yeah, yeah. it really is. Yeah, I agree. So anyway, That's a good thing. I think it's... Excuse me, it's like, I think it's like when you lose a puppy, and you're used to coming home and they greet you. I feel that way, because when I come home, my husband's like excitedly waiting at the door for me, oh, you know? Like a sweet little dog. It's yeah. So He's better than a dog. I didn't mean yeah, it in a degrading well, I mean, way, I love but... dogs, so I'm like, yes, amen. <laughs> 
Yes and amen. All right, what are we doing? All right, today, Thanksgiving is in two weeks. It is. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about gratitude. Of course, I've been reading a new book by Ann Voskamp that's all about her noticing the gifts in her life. It's called A Thousand Gifts. It's an old book. I don't have that book I've somewhere. just never read it. This is my first time reading it. And I've never I'm read it either. Knocked over by how uh, how brilliant she is. Doesn't She's very like poetic, a, like a bird's wreath or something on the front. Uh-huh. Yes, a bird in a bird's nest. Yes. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. So she just kind of goes through how when she looks for the little gifts in life, how much bigger God gets in her mm. heart. But she is so poetic in her writing that every morning's devotional you'll just like knock it to the floor. You know, You're wow. like, oh gosh. Anyway, so I've got, I've got so many quotes in here from that book. Good. You'll you'll want to read it after this episode. Since Thanksgiving's coming up, what is your favorite Thanksgiving food? Oh, everything. I love pumpkin pie. <laughs> yes. I love mac and cheese, but that's not just Thanksgiving. I love turkey. Uh-huh. I love it all. I do too. potatoes. I love the way it all goes together, like yeah. all the flavors. Like I love my mom's stuffing, and yes. I like gravy and turkey and cranberry sauce. I don't, mm-mm. And potatoes. Mm-hmm. But then the way they all those flavors merge yes. while you're eating the meal, it's yes. magical. And then you're overwhelmed by serotonin and you knock it. What's it called? Um, Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> it's from the turkey. You know, science nerd. Come on. Hold on, I'm going to Google it. <laughs> I feel like it's tryptophan, but I think that's wrong. One moment, please. Do, 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 do. Let me see. Let me see. Tryptophan! I knew it was a t- There you go. You were close. Yes. So does your family have any traditions that are your favorite on Thanksgiving? Um, well, the last several years, we do Christmas trees. Uh-huh. So Thanksgiving Day, I don't think we've done anything on Thanksgiving Day for a long time. But we usually do a weekend, and we all get together, and we eat lots mm-hmm. of food, and then I go home miserable. <laughs> that is... The pretty typical tradition. Right? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But there's Christmas trees in there, so we're like, early Christmas, and then uh-huh. Thanksgiving a couple days late, and it's just... It's great. I really do love the whole week. We don't have any specific traditions. I don't think I do we've done, Thanksgiving Day. We've done the turkey yeah. try at 5K on Ooh, Thanksgiving morning, great. and I love that. But I don't think we signed up for it this year, I and mean, it's in two weeks, so mm-hmm. it's probably too late. Yeah, well, probably not. You can have my spot that I've never signed up for. <laughs> They'd probably still take our money and not give us t-shirts at this point, I bet. Aww. But the t-shirts are really tacky. It's true. I've never worn Actually, it. I don't really know. So it's just got a dinky turkey on it. It's not like a cute one you'd want to wear, you no. know? Mm. But anyway, that was... And then the eating and this being with family, I love all that. I the Macy's love. Day Parade. Okay, I, I do, do like love that, that one. I like to see all the floats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's probably one of my favorite things. Okay. So turning to thankful hearts what do you think keeps you can answer for yourself or just generally what do you think keeps us from being thankful quick it's in our way we're too busy and trying to get the next thing done yeah i feel like i'm too busy and i'm like i've got to get this this and this done if i don't do these things then i'm not going to be able to do these things and then i forget every single thing that i have in my life that i should be thankful for Mm mm-hmm Yes. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of it's busy, like running too much to even look around you and see what you have. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think there's something about gratitude that it you need time to cultivate it. Like yeah. you have to sit still. And whether that means sitting still with your spouse to like 
hear them make a joke and then you laugh and you're like, oh yeah, I do really like you, you know? Yeah. Or like <laughs> sitting down to have dinner and you talk to them and you look at them and then you're like, yeah, I like you a lot. Like, I'm glad you're here. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, if you go too much, you know, you just kind of see each other a lot and you don't really take a minute to look at them and you forget why you yeah. like them so much, yeah. you know? And I think we can do that with anything in life, with mm-hmm. our closet, with our jobs with our things with our cars with our houses it just like it becomes so much like a background to Mm. our life that we forget that that background is filled with gifts yeah agreed and said this one really caught my attention if satan can keep my eyes from the word my eyesight is too poor to read light to be Mm. filled with light And I think that's so true. Like if Satan can get us so busy that we don't spend time in God's word, then we don't, our eyes aren't attuned to the light. They aren't attuned to the gifts, to the blessings, to the good things, to the optimism. Mm. And we just get frustrated with everything that's in our way. You know, like when you're in a hurry in the morning and you're going to work and then there's someone cut you off in traffic and you're so frustrated with them. Where does that come from? It becomes because you put yourself in too much of a time crunch. Yep. You know, and then you're frustrated because they're in your way. When in reality, you're the one that's the problem. Right. 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 And and in reality, if you had spent time in the word first, you would have eyes to see that's a person in that car. You know, like it's so much deeper than just them in the way of you and what you want. Mm -hmm. I love that quote. Eyeballs. Eyesight. Um, We have a thing that... um, it's kind of opposite, but if you basically have a flash, like you flash them with a camera, you can't see anything. It's like they're being overwhelmed mm-hmm. with everything. So if you're looking at the wrong quote-unquote light, you're not actually going to be able to read anything that God wants you to be grateful for. Mm. Mm. Very true. Yeah. You can get blinded by other things, yep. pursuits of. Yep. And when we're so overly focused, that's all we can see because our, we've got this after image of just what was in front of us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We miss everything else. Yep. That is interesting. Little little eyeball science in there for you. Sorry, Good. no one understood. It's fine. <laughs> if anybody that's eyeballs, please I knew tell exactly me exactly what you were talking about. That's <laughs> really good. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> like when you know, like when it flashes and you keep yep. seeing the same thing over yep. and over again. Yep. Yeah, that's image. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know exactly what that is. I've experienced it. Now you have a name for it. Okay, I didn't catch it. What was it? An after image is really not that. An after image. Okay. You said it so fast, I thought it was like a scientific term. Oh, me talking fast? You never knew that? No. It's either fast or really slow (laughs) and you can't hear me. Never. (laughs) So what often entraps you personally and makes you feel entitled to more than what you currently have in your hands? Greed. Pride. Mm. I see what I've been blessed with but don't see it as a blessing. I feel like I'm entitled to have what I have and I deserve more. Yeah. Like, well, I have this job. I went to school. I have this job. I should have this car. I should have this house. You know? Mm-hmm. And then you get completely lost because I could lose that job any minute. Yeah. You know? I think I I look at what I don't have. And if I look at it long enough, then, yeah, what you're saying, the pride comes in and it's like, well, I should have that, you know, and then I start feeling entitled in that. But then when I get something, I've also noticed myself being like, well, gosh, this is not good enough, you know, or like 
this boyfriend needs to be better. He needs to be more like this, you know? Right. And, like, I start, again, feeling like I deserve better than what I have, even mm-hmm. though what I have is what I wanted mm-hmm. a few months ago. Now I have it, but I need it to be better than what it is. Yeah. And it just is a, it's an endless cycle. Yeah. It's like this greedy selfishness. Yes. So one of the devotionals in Anne's book shares this idea of hammering grace. That's literally what it's called, hammering grace. Martin Luther said, A nail is driven out by another nail. Habit is overcome by another habit. So you have a nail in the wood, and you kind of have to nail in another nail to knock the other one out, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So she went that, took that a step further to say, The key to his statement is that the whole of life is made up of the minute parts. Do not disdain the small. There is a way to live the big of giving thanks in all things. It is this, to give thanks in this one small thing. Mm. The moments will add up. Like the hammering of a nail, they're slow movements, but those small moments of giving thanks will add up. She said, I discovered that slapping a sloppy brush of thanksgiving over everything in my life leaves me deeply thankful for very few things in my life. Life-changing gratitude does not fasten to a life unless nailed through one very specific nail at a time. Mm. And I think that's true. You can spend Thanksgiving and be like, I'm just so grateful for everything everything that God's done for me. And that's great, but it doesn't last. The next minute you're thinking about something else you don't have and that entitlement starts swirling back in and the pride, you know. But when you take the time to be intentional to nail those tiny things in your heart, of that is so beautiful yeah. you know or the way the sun is shining through those fall trees right now is so gorgeous and you take that moment and you thank god that you were standing there in that location looking out that window at that moment to see it you know what i'm saying that those Absolutely. tiny things when you nail those into your heart slowly you build a heart that's thankful yeah. instead of just the big sloppy brush of and everything is so great that i have yeah. you know and I think, like, sometimes I'll catch myself praying, like, thank you, God, for all my blessings, and I go on. But if I sit there and I, um, the times I pray, and I'm like, thank you, God, for my husband. Thank you for my house, my job, my family. And, like, I list these things or specific things that's happened. Mm-hmm. I'm sometimes overwhelmed with emotion, you know? Yeah. Like, here, it's, and Jordan calls it an attitude of gratitude. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's, if you don't intentionally thank him for the blessings that he's given you, not like a blanketed thank you, you're not going to actually be grateful for anything that he's giving you. Like truly grateful. Yeah. We just, on Sunday, our pastor said, you will reap what you sow always. That is always what happens with farming and with cultivating gratitude or cultivating anything. It's 100% what you cultivate. At the end of that, Anne said, I looked down at my pen writing a thousand gifts in her life. That's what her book's about. She's journaling a thousand gifts. This is nothing less than the driving of nails. Nails driving out my habits of discontent and driving in my habit of gratitude. I'm hammering in nails to pound out nails. Ugly nails that Satan has pierced through the world, my heart. It starts to unfold, light in the dark, a door opening up. All these years, it's been utterly pointless to wrench out the spikes of discontentment because the habit of discontentment can only be driven out by hammering in one iron sharper, the sleek pin of gratitude. Mm. And it's true, we can't get rid of bad habits without replacing them with something else because you'll keep doing what you've always done, you know? So if you're feeling discontent and like nobody's ever good enough or nothing's ever good enough for you, you you can't just stop one day. You've got to start replacing the habit with something new. Yeah, 
it's this habit of intentionality. Mm-hmm. If you're not intentional, you're not going to get where you need to be. Mm-hmm. And have a heart set. I think it takes some some confidence and some strength to be like, I'm not going to keep going like this. Yeah. I'm going to start doing something else. And every time I fail, it's okay. I'm going to just pick up the pen again and start trying to be grateful again. Be serious about where your heart's going to go. Yeah. It, it will show up later in time what we in, decide to do today. Because mm, that is a habit that you instill and you continually grow on. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I think it's something the more gratitude you look for in life, the more you'll see. So I think yes. God will continually make it more magical the more we pursue it. Yeah. She makes the point later that nothing becomes smooth without practice. Sometimes mind-numbing practice. What keeps us from wanting to put in the hours practicing? I hate practicing. I, know. I hate it. It's tedious. It's time-consuming. It means mm-hmm. I have to make an effort to do something. I have to think. I don't want to, I know. No, I don't either. And it usually means that I wasn't good the first time. Yeah. So I need to practice. And I'm good. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm a winner. A <laughs> winner. Pick me. Pick number three, loud. This is my niece. I was just telling Savannah earlier how bad of a loser she is. <laughs> Literally me. I hate losing. Yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> yep. I was telling a friend that, and she was like, mm, she sounds a lot like Grant Allison. And I was like, Pfft. Rude. True. Yeah. But rude. Yeah, right? She's a child, okay? She is. She is a I'm lot a grown like adult. me. <laughs> I'm a grown adult with the same issue as that child. Yes. That doesn't let's sound not better. Let's that no more. No, let's don't. <laughs> this is a C.S. Lewis quote, and I love this one, but she put it in her book. So good. If you think of this world as a place intended simply for our happiness... You find it quite intolerable. Mm. Think of it as a place of training and correction, and it's not so bad. That goes back to what I feel like we talked about with marriage. Like, if you're ready to grow, get married. Amen. Because <laughs> God will show you so many areas that you need to work on once you get married. I think it's the same thing. Like, what is our perspective? Do we feel like we're here to get everything served on a silver platter and achieve everything we want to achieve and always be happy? A lot of times, yes, that is that is yes. what I think I'm living for. But as soon as we switch to, I'm here to grow, I'm starting out at the lowest place, God saved me, and then from here on out, we get to go uphill. It's not so bad. I agree. She also said, practice is the hardest part of learning, and training is the essence of transformation. Mm. Which I thought was it's good to remember in those times of mind-numbing practice when you don't want to do it anymore. That training is the essence of transformation. Right. You don't just get to be an Olympic athlete without no. training. I mean, I could that be. doesn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you could. Considering I run every day, I lift all the weights. I eat super healthy. It's my practice. That's right. <laughs> yeah, we could. Yeah, we, we could. just never applied. <laughs> Something too good for them. <laughs> but it's true, though. If we don't sit there and practice continually over and over again, even when we mess up, we won't be able to look back on all those times that we're striving and to do God's will and practicing mm-hmm. to see the transformation that he gives in our lives. Yeah, I think so, too. And even when you hear, like, successful businessmen or millionaires share their, share their stories, a lot of times they had nothing at one point, yeah. and then they started practicing doing something Absolutely. else with their money. Absolutely. Replacing bad habits with good habits, investing, then they become a millionaire. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Absolutely. But most stories like that that we find really inspiring 
it took lots of practice and yeah. training. That's where their transformation happened. Absolutely. But when it comes to us, we don't really want to put in the hard work no. because no. I'd rather just show up and be successful on day one, you right. know? And I think, like, if we look at both of our careers, one, you with, like, art and design and all that, and me with a, as a doctor, I would suck if I didn't practice. If I didn't yeah. have all the times I failed and mm-hmm. learned from them and practiced and become harder, I wouldn't want to come see me. Not that I would sometimes anyway, but you know, yeah, like it's no, that it's intentionality true. and that practicing and you're making yourself learn all these skills that makes you transform into a better provider or artist or designer or whatever you are. Yeah, for so sure. So why can't you do that with your walk with God, which is way more important. Way more important. We're willing to do it all day, every day for yeah. our job. Yeah. So that was a good perspective. Thank you. I think sometimes we ask, what will gratitude actually change about my situation? <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think so much of life is determined by what we're looking for. So if you've never really sought after a grateful heart, you might not know what it would really change. But I think as soon as we as Christians start looking for God in our day, everything will change. Yeah. We just have to try it to experience that. Yeah, absolutely. And you'll start to notice that if you do have this attitude of gratitude where you wake up and you're grateful to have breath in your lungs, you're grateful that you can see, you have a vehicle or, or whatever your transportation is. Like mm-hmm. you have all these things and you're grateful for them and you mention how grateful you are for them versus the days you get up and you're in a hurry and you're not grateful, you're going to see how much lack of joy you have on the days that you forget to be thankful yeah yeah the joy is different the energy level is lower like yeah all those things your purpose for getting up every day it's like oh i don't want to go to work you know like you just find yourself i'm pretty miserable to be around on those days (laughs) it's true me too (laughs) what are some things that you found yourself looking for each day that aren't god just like what are some other things that you found yourself as in, like, I'm focusing on my job. I'm focusing on trying to be the best wife, trying to be the best doctor, be yeah. the best friend, do the right things with my money. Yeah. All those yeah. things. <laughs> yeah. When I was single, I thought like it was definitely there were times when I was looking for a relationship everywhere I went, yes. you know, or looking for affirmation from people, looking for more money, looking for ways I can improve in my job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Looking for... All Someone things. to tell me I'm doing good. Mm-hmm. Affirmation. Mm-hmm. Affirmation is definitely one that I fall mm-hmm. back on a lot, mm-hmm. looking for that in my day instead of, I mean, literally it's the opposite of being, like, searching for gratitude. Because if you're searching for God throughout your day and you're looking for where he's bringing light into your life, then you'll be affirmed by just knowing that your God is mighty. Yeah. You don't need affirmation from people. So when you're looking for affirmation for yourself, it's literally like you've gone completely off the track and you're going 180 now in the opposite direction. And I feel like when I am good with God, like I'm close to Him and I'm grateful and I'm just overwhelmed by what He's done for me. And someone affirms me and like tells me like, you did a great job. I feel awkward. I'm like, you know? Yeah. But when I'm like, sub okay with my walk with God and someone's like, Oh, blah, 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 blah. You're like really, really good. And I told all my friends about you. And I'm like, oh, look at me. Thank you. And then either I'm looking for more of that. And then I miss something and I fall on my butt, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's all about my, the humility. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And when when I'm really good with God, like you're saying, I don't even notice that I haven't been affirmed in a while. Yeah, you know I'm saying like it doesn't even come to my mind. Yep. It's when I start looking for it, then I see all the places that they are not giving me affirmation. Yep. And you put your energy toward that instead of God. And then I start getting in, insecure about who's not affirming me and yep. how do they think about me. You know, it just yep. is, and then you get busy and overwhelmed, spiral. ungrateful. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In a later devotional, Anne said, "How we behold." determines if we hold joy, behold glory, and be held by God. Mm. And I think that goes back to what we're seeking. We can't expect ourselves to be truly listening for God's voice and willing to follow what He tells us and be His hands and feet if we aren't looking toward Him. Mm -hmm. If we're not reading His Word, we're not listening. If we're not praying and then pausing and letting Him speak to our hearts, we're not listening. Like, we are running the ship. We are driving the car, you know? We're saying we love Jesus, and we're driving the car. (laughs) We're not letting him lead us, grow us, teach us. We talked about um, when last night at church, we were talking about um, seeing God as useful versus beautiful. And um, we were talking about how if you're seeing God as useful, it was talking about Micah in the book of Judges, which is a man that stole money from his mom gave the money back and his mom said here make an idol of god like our god into an image and you know that's the whole not ten commandments thrown out the window but right. anyway i was talking about how in the world today we see god as useful because we make god in our own image how we want him to be seen mm-hmm. so we see god like okay i see god as loving and kind but you forget everything else if you don't look at God as beautiful and what you live for and everything about him is your focus, you're going to be continually looking for something. You're going to be continually in perpetual fear. Wow. Yeah, it was really good. That is really good. Because mm-hmm. that's that's another way to control the vehicle. Yeah. You know, you drive the car, you decide what God looks like, you decide what God does and how he works and how he functions. You put him in the passenger seat and you go where you want to go and God's always with you. Right, exactly. You take God along as your sidekick. Yeah, that's not God. That's Jimmy. (laughs) Yeah, and then as soon as something happens, who are you mad at? God, Mm -hmm. when you're the one that decided to define a God who's already been defined. Yeah. Mm. And then we quit looking for him to be any bigger than what we've defined him to be. We quit listening because we think we have them all figured out until something goes wrong. And then suddenly our little God wasn't big enough and we need something else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, well, I don't really even know God, you know? And then right. going empty handed and asking to see him, seeking him, looking for him in your day. That's a different posture. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a submission to God and not a pick and choosing of God. Mm-hmm. And you'll realize if you see him as the ultimate beauty of your life, everything else, you're just overwhelmed with gratitude. Yeah. Not that it's easy, not that I do that all the time, but that, that's what we should strive to. Right. It's not to pick and choose the attributes of God because that's not God. God is everything. Mm-hmm. Like you were saying, I don't do this perfectly either, but when we approach God, when we go to talk to him, we need to go with an attitude of overwhelm me. You know, mm-hmm. show me something new today about who you are instead of going to the conversation like we've already got it all figured out. Exactly. Which we do in prayer all the time, all the time. you know, all the time. My prayer is the same almost all the time. Yeah. And that's not good. Yeah, no, it, it, 
it limits how God can speak to us mm-hmm. because it, it shows that we're not really listening. Right. You know, we're not coming with hearts ready to hear. We're coming with hearts half ready to hear so we can get on with our day. Yes, yes. Or we're coming with hearts that are like, I'm pretty much got today, but thanks. But thanks, God. You're Feel great. anyway. <laughs> Something might happen. I might need you. So I'm going to go ahead and pray and like do our thing this morning. But yep. like, oh my God, I got today. Yep. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Yep. Guilty. No, More often guilty. Than not. <laughs> yep. Another, there again, her book is all devotional, so I'm just sharing little bits from you from her book. But one of them I loved, she shared that she noticed um, the vases in her house stayed in a cabinet unless someone brought her flowers. So her kids, her husband, if they brought her flowers, she'd pull a vase down, right? We all do this. Mm-hmm. And then when their flowers were in the vase on the table, she kept admiring their beauty and thinking how great they were. And then they would die and she'd throw them away and clean the vase out and put it back up. Well, one day she was kind of thinking about that whole process and she's like, what if I just leave the empty vase on the table? And sure enough, one of her kids saw the empty vase later that day or the next day and they brought her a bouquet of flowers and she left it on the table and just kept throwing away the flowers as they died and people kept refilling them. And she went on to say that like having a gratitude journal, if you like to journal or having some, if you want to put it in a chart on the wall or however you want to start giving yourself a space that you have to make time for every day and like focus on and try to find God where, where God was in your day Mm. or where he was in your yesterday. And then you're starting today seeking however you want to do it for her. She had a journal. So she was like, I started realizing that my journal is like the empty vase. I'm coming every day expectant to find things to write down. Mm. The empty vase is expectant for people to fill it with more beautiful things. Mm. The empty journal is waiting for God to fill it with beautiful things. And that reflects my heart being open and willing to hear. Mm. And I think I loved that example, but I, I do think it's so true. Like we have to make, like you were saying, cultivate. We have to cultivate some space where we're coming and we're waiting for God's beauty to show up. Yeah. We're, we're looking for it. We're listening for it. We're ready. Yep. Because if we don't make ourselves ready, we will be so busy, we'll never Absolutely. we'll never hear. And Satan's great with that. He's yep. perfectly fine with us yep. being too busy to hear. Because when you're too busy to hear and you're not grateful, he's going to continually show you things to not be grateful for, and you're going to be miserable. Oh, yeah. He's going to keep pointing out what you don't mm-hmm. have, always. And always. there's always going to be something you don't have. Yep. I don't care if you're a trillionaire. There yep. is something you don't have, and yep. he will find it and Absolutely. put it in front of your face. And he'll even show you the blessings that you do have and show that you something quote unquote wrong with them. Mm-hmm. So you don't even see them as a blessing anymore. Yeah. I mean, a new iPhone will come out every year. Yeah. A new Corvette will come out every year. There will always be something cooler than what you have. Yep. You know, always. And it, it is just like, it will never end if mm-hmm. that's what you're seeking. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and on that, she said, have space to give thanks, space to chronicle a thousand gifts. I became a seeker, a looker, a God hunter, making this daily ceremony, the gathering of grace, joy to be filled, joy to fill the emptiness, father glory that never fades. Mm. And I love that. And I love that bit of journaling too, because when you write down those moments, you have the father glory that never fades. You can flip back to that journal anytime and read it and it's never going to disappear. Like you're going to be able to see over and over again, the father glory you saw that day. Mm. I love that. I love that terminology. That's good. I need to write down stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I've done more as I've read her book. I still don't. I have a journal with my stuff every morning, but I don't always write in it. It just kind of depends on the morning, mm. what I'm feeling inspired by. Some days I just need to talk to God, and then other days I like to write it down, and then some days I like to write down 
prayer requests or gratitude things. So my, mine's just kind of different every day, but I do have one and it is fun to look back on because sometimes you'll be like, oh, God did pray for that six months ago and God answered it and I totally <laughs> forgot, you know? <laughs> so that it is cool to have those things written down too. But I think it's important for us to remember that God's plan for our life is in the dirty dishes and the people filling your home. He's in the hard work you do during the day. He's in the neighborhood you live in and the neighbors who just had a baby. All the little things that surround us make up the weaving of God's giant blanket pattern of life. You know, Mm -hmm. like he's brought those threads next to each other for a reason. And they're just because we live a tiny part of that giant thing God's making with all of humanity and the history of time, it doesn't make God tiny. We're a tiny bit of it. And he is still the huge master creator who's putting all these things together for a purpose. And therefore, he's worthy of our gratitude, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Just because we can't see the whole plan now in our perspective doesn't make God less than. Does right. that make sense? Yeah. And I think that when I get in moments where I'm overwhelmed and I'm like, where are you? Like, how's this supposed to work out? If I make myself look back and see the tapestries or tapestries he's already fit together for me, then it makes me realize how much he's actually worked for me and Mm. how much I know he's going to keep working and everything works out for the good of him, you know? Oh yeah. I think the seeking of God in your days, in your life, like you said, looking back, even you can get blown away with how much he has brought together and you'll be like, wow, I missed him. (laughs) You know, like I missed him, but I see him now. Mm -hmm. It's very powerful. Absolutely. Some last tips to sum up what we talked about. Pretty much we have to look beyond ourselves to see God in our lives. We have to make ourselves smaller and God bigger. Yes. But get to out the practically way. do that, <laughs> get out of the way. We all do. Yeah. We all got to get out of the way. Got to get a driver's seat. Amen. Intentionally deny ourselves the priority. Step number one, take yourself off of the top of the tier and start your day with the intention of somebody else, you know? Um, the second one is ask God for insight and wisdom mm-hmm. in even just in the way you want to start counting gratitude, you know, ask God for your strengths, what they are, what sticks in your brain. If you're a painter, maybe it's something more abstract, um, you know, or if it's a journal or if it's a chart, if you're a science person, if it's an Excel sheet, if that brings you joy, you that know, me out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but ask God for how to start pursuing mm-hmm a path, how to start sewing better than how you have been. Um, and then start looking for God and what he's doing around you. If you have to write it on your hand, like, look, <laughs> really big on your hand or whatever, to remind yourself throughout the day to start to look, look for God, look for God, That's see good. what he's doing, you know? Um, and then the last one was take notes. When he does things, when he shows you things, when he tells you something new, make a note of it. Um, and make a big deal of what God's doing. Even if it's Something small, you know, tell your husband, show him too. Let him be excited about what God's doing too, or be inspired by God's majesty that you saw on your day. Tell your mom about it, you know, like spread it and make it a big deal because the more excited we get about the little glimpses of God, the more we'll see and the more our joy levels will just like skyrocket, you know, because we're finally seeing what our hearts were meant to see. Mm. Yeah. Cultivate that attitude. Mm -hmm, For sure. Last quote, and then we'll pray it out. 
When I realize that it is not God who is in my debt, but I who am in his great debt, then doesn't all become gift. Mm. I loved that. It's really good. It's really good. Very convicting, but very true. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay, let's pray. Hey, God, we come before you today thankful. We really are thankful. I am thankful that my husband is back home and that I am feeling better. It has been a rough few weeks, and I'm grateful for this past week that has just been filled with the joy and good health. There are two things that have just been overwhelmingly happy this week. But God, there's dark things going on in our world that are hard and heavy, and it's hard for us to see you in them. And I can't imagine living in those countries going through these things. It has to be hard to see you and see where you're working. So on this topic, I just ask that you would give us wisdom to see through the darkness and see you. See where you're, where you're spreading light, where your love is coming through, where your grace is winning, and that you are the champion. Help us see in dark times and in good times where you're succeeding, where you're growing and moving and changing people's hearts. Get us excited about what you're doing. Help us to start reaping wisely, to start reaping moments of gratitude and seeing the best in the moment, seeing the light in the moment, the smile, the laugh of a friend, the cry of a baby. Like Help us to see you in those moments and start sowing so that we can reap a heart in the future that's grateful, that's happy and content and optimistic because we know you better because we've been reaping, we've been sowing um, gratitude. So as we go into Thanksgiving, I just ask that you would help us start this practice so that when we get to Thanksgiving Day, we're not just saying, I'm so thankful for everything, (laughs) but we really truly are. Like our hearts are deeply excited about who you are and how you love us and how you've redeemed us and what you're doing in the world around us. And we're excited about it. And that makes us extremely grateful to be a child of God. So I just ask that you would give us wisdom and help us to go into tomorrow more grateful than we were today. We love you so much in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Bye guys and happy Thanksgiving. Oh yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Eat turkey. Lots of turkey. Bye. <laughs>